In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? You're listening to St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, a podcast about redemption through the glory of Christ Jesus, our risen Savior. Whether or not the pastor teaching the meditation, or if I say the exact right words in this episode, the Holy Spirit is reaching out to you through God's Word, which will be faithfully taught in each and every episode. So, if you place value on the faith that the Spirit kindles within you, you should pass it on to everyone that you can, because the rewards of faith in Jesus Christ are life everlasting in Him. Why wouldn't you want to see a fellow life traveler in distress saved just like you are? Tell them in person. Invite them to church. Share the podcast with them. Don't leave them out there on their own. Be the willing tool of the Holy Spirit. The faith you possess is meant to be used, not kept on a shelf somewhere. Today, we continue our look at the redeeming of Jesus at the temple and the declaration of Simeon that Jesus is the promised Savior, promised as of old. And if you know the reading from Luke chapter 2, you know that Simeon had actually been promised that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. It's a mind-blowing promise, actually. Biblical scholars believe the world is around ten to 6,000 years old. After the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, people had been looking for the fulfillment of God's promise to save them from the curse of death. Adam and Eve thought Cain was that child for a hot moment in time. They soon realized that they were in for a long, long wait. I know that people today have all but forgotten that promise that Jesus will come again, and it won't be a humble coming that time. I can only imagine that many had given up hope in the exact same way in the world for the coming of the Messiah the first time as well. Simeon not only knew the ancient promise, but he had the additional knowledge of approximately when it would happen, in his lifetime. Through the miraculous handing down of the Bible unchanged through the ages, you too know the faithfulness of God, that he sent his son to be born of a virgin, live a sinless life, die for you in your place, for your sins on the cross, and be raised again so that we might share eternal life with him. Yes, we get to share in that same joy that Simeon had, and all believers throughout time, that God is good and faithful and that he loves us. So if you haven't already, grab your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2, and let's listen together to Pastor Allard's meditation on that reading. May God bless our time together in the Word. The Word of God before us today comes again from Luke chapter 2. We read just a section from that lesson. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old, and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. And she never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. And coming up to then, at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So far the word. Did you know that Mary was considered unclean? She was considered unclean because she had given birth to a child, in this case specifically about a period of six weeks 
She had given birth to a son. And neighbors, where they had just come from, neighbors who had lived around them, if they touched anything that Mary touched, they also would become unclean. So they had to be careful too. And all of this was the law of Moses. Or to put it, perhaps in a more accurate way, this was God's will. But, once that time of purification had ended, then the Lord permitted and required Mary to come to his temple in Jerusalem, and that she did. Forty days now had passed since the first Christmas. Forty days. And Mary and Joseph went up to Jerusalem for two reasons. One was to provide the burnt offering to complete her purification. And the second one, was to buy back her son. And yes, you just heard that right. She had to redeem her son. Do you remember what God had done for his people Israel in Egypt when the last plague hit? He had put to death all the firstborn of Egypt, including the animals, but he had preserved and kept alive all the firstborn Hebrew children, the Israelite children. And so, as a reminder of what God had done for his people, here comes mom and stepdad and bring their child, and they are remembering what God did as they bring that burnt offering and, yes, buy back their child from the Lord. As we think of this, you might recall what God had done, yes, for his people Israel in the Old Testament, But as we look now at these two modern-day Israelites doing what they did, how could they be ready for all of a sudden a man, Simeon, coming up to them in that courtyard and saying what he did? I think it goes without saying this was a very different Christmas experience for Mary and Joseph in those days after the first Christmas had come. This Simeon, it was different for him too. Because here he was, still waiting, fervently, longingly. You might even say hungrily, waiting for that coming of the Messiah, and he didn't even know what had happened. And so today, he is going to learn what we too will hear again, that God kept his promise. God is with us. Emmanuel has come. Now, it had to be the Holy Spirit of God. Who else could it be but God who would tell Simeon and lead him on that specific day to the temple courts? Remember, those outer outer courts of the Herodian temple were massive. Thousands of people could fit in those outer courts. And so how could he know unless God told him, now, today, go into the courts and that baby, right there, that's the And Simeon walked up to that baby, and now he had finally held in his arms what he had been waiting for. And notice what the lesson describes it as, the consolation of Israel. My goodness, Israel needed consolation. If you wanted to look at this on a superficial level, they had been under foreign invaders for centuries. First, it was, of course, the Babylonians, and then the Persians came, and then, as we've talked about recently, Alexander the Great, and then finally the Roman Empire. 
Only for a brief time, less than 100 years, did they have their own country under the Maccabees. Only for a very brief time. So that's not what Simeon was talking about. He was talking about forgiveness. Forgiveness. And here he was, having gone from, we presume he was an older man, for years of doing this thing that we call looking through the eyes of faith, waiting for the promised one with those eyes of faith, and now all he had to do was look down. And just as surely as he felt the warmth of that baby moving around in his arms, the consolation of Israel had come. God kept his promise. But remember, Simeon would have to go back to now. Sure enough, baby Jesus and Joseph and Mary would go back to Nazareth, and then they would flee to Egypt for several years, and then they would come back to Nazareth. They would have to go through this again. Or Simeon would have to go through this again, where now he was living right back with the eyes of faith, waiting for Jesus to complete all of his mission, which he probably never saw with these two eyes. So it has to be. Kind of like us. Living today with the eyes of faith, waiting for Jesus to complete everything that he promised that he would do. And so we should not be surprised when Simeon says to this marveling Mary and Joseph, when he says, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. What else could it be but revelation? We might want to wish somebody into heaven and into paradise. We might want to, no matter if it's a friend or family or a stranger, we might want to find some other way that we can force people into paradise and into believing in Jesus Christ. But no, it has always been this. It has always been by revelation. Let me put it very clearly. It has always been the Bible. Working with God the Holy Spirit, working through that written word of God, that is the one way that he has promised to bring his light to each human heart. So as we think on this, the word is enough. As we listen to the message of the word, and as you actually read those pages, you, you hear Jesus talking, and Jesus does not speak like human beings. He simply doesn't. All religions of the world, sure, they talk about follow these commands of some God or some human. But it is very rare to hear a God say, I will die for you. As we think on this, the Holy Spirit working through his written word is enough to bring people in to the consolation of Israel. And that message can be trusted then by anybody. It can be shared by anybody. We might even say it can be shared by nobodies. Nobodies. Like James Harrison. James Harrison is just some Australian guy Maybe you've heard his name. Maybe you've read an article about it. It has to do with blood. He's kind of a nobody, except for his blood. He has a rare blood type known as RHD negative. 
And to make a long story short, he carries a unique antibody in his blood that when used and converted, it can be made into a cure for what is called hemolytic disease, a disease that infants get and can die from. It's because the baby has, ends up having a different blood type than the mother. And so he has given this blood over 1,100 times. He's still alive, last time I checked. Over 1,100 times he has given this blood, and over the course of his life, because of that giving of his blood, he has saved the life of over 2 million babies. And that doesn't even count the number of people who have been born from those babies when they grew up and became adults themselves. James Harrison is just a nobody. From the world's point of view, we could say it that way. He's just some guy. And yet, how many people are alive today because of James Harrison? The saving of many lives has happened. How many lives are saved and have been saved and will be saved in the future through the miracle that is God's word and even specifically the words of that nobody? Go ahead, look in the text. What do you see describing Simeon other than that he was just a guy, a man who showed up in the temple courts? How many lives have been saved by God working through his testimony about the Christ? That message can be trusted, can be shared by nobodies. Like Simeon, like Anna, like us. Even a marveling mother and Joseph. It says they were marveling at what Simeon said to them. Can you blame these parents? But he went on, Simeon, to tell these same marveling parents, Jesus is going to be a sign spoken against. And a sword, Mother Mary, will pierce your soul too. Why? Because this Jesus would cause the falling of many. That's what Simeon said. The falling of many, like King Herod, who tried to snuff out the life of Jesus as an infant. He failed. As the governor, Pontius Pilate, the falling of him, because he knew full well that Jesus was innocent. His wife told him as well, and yet he still executed that innocent man whom he also suspected might just be more. And Judas, who could be from all outsiders' point of view, could be considered one of the closest friends of Jesus Christ. And yet, what did he do? He gave up the secret location of Jesus in the hills outside of Jerusalem so he could be captured away from the crowds. They all fell. There is a world for such people. We're not talking about falling from political power. We're not even talking about falling away or a falling out of friendship. They fell from the faith. Hell is for such people. Jesus himself spoke of that place. But he wants no one there. And so we shouldn't be surprised either when Jesus, through Simeon, God the Holy Spirit, through this nobody, now says there will also be the rising of many. Don't forget that. Focus on that. The rising of nobodies like the shepherds, who were really kind of nobodies. The rising of the magi. They weren't nobodies, but nobody knew where they came from. The rising of Simeon and Anna. Anna. 
I wish we knew more about her. She served as a prophet in official capacity in the temple. She knew this much. This was the redemption of Israel that she was looking at. Jesus, here's this concept again, buying us back from the slavery we created for ourselves. And Anna knew when she looked at that baby that she was looking at her very life. Her very eternal life, if she took that child like Simeon did, was held in her arms. Weeks. Weeks had already passed since that first Christmas. And now Anna and Simeon both understood what they had missed. That the Christ had come. And they finally saw with their own eyes what had been prophesied for centuries and what other, other believers have been yearning for since the Garden of Eden and since the fall into sin. And that message and this season, we call it Christmas. And then we say things to each other at this time of year like, yeah, Christmas is over. Is it? Isn't the Christmas message forever like every part of God's word? Isn't the message and result of Christmas an eternal thing? Because when the human heart understands and embraces this forgiveness, amazing things happen. Things like peace on earth, peace in here that cannot be taken away ever. And in the spirit and in light of what we just said, Merry Christmas. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday divine service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. This is our fifth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. May God bless the rest of your day.